I'm Katie Hirschberger, and this is Publisher's Lunch Deluxe for Tuesday, August 15th. Among our latest deal reports, TikTok influencer Nisha J. Tooley's Trial of the Sun Queen, the first book in a series in which a woman is mysteriously released from prison and thrust into a deadly fey court, where she must compete for her life against nine trained competitors for the hand and heart of the Sun King. To Grand Central and Orbit UK, in a major deal, a seven-figure deal, at auction, in a four-book deal. Today's top story, judge approves Internet Archive permanent injunction and limits it to work that has ebook editions. On Monday, U.S. District Court John Codal quickly approved the proposed permanent injunction filed last Friday by the litigating AAP publishers and the Internet Archive, following his finding that the IA had infringed authors' copyrights. That action means the imposition of the injunction and the bringing down of illegal ebooks will commence shortly. But the judge did agree with the Internet Archive to limit the injunction so as to apply only to books for which the publisher has a commercially available ebook edition. His reasoning, as the IA had argued, was that the 127 named works in the case itself all had ebook editions available, and there were no arguments made regarding print books not available in digital form. This action concerned the unauthorized distribution of a select number of works in suit, all of which were available as authorized ebooks that may be purchased by retail customers or licensed to libraries, the judge wrote. He noted, that fact was relevant to the court's conclusion that the Internet Archive was liable for copyright infringement. Specifically, on the fourth factor of the test for a fair use defense, the court had, po- had pointed to the thriving ebook licensing market for libraries and concluded that Internet Archive supplants the publisher's place in this market by bringing to the marketplace a competing substitute for library ebooks of the works in suit. The judge writes, given this, an injunction covering all in-print books, including those the publishers have not made available for electronic licensing, risks going beyond the scope of the issues tried in the case. The ruling does not bless the IA to scan and lend titles not available as ebooks either. It reaches no conclusion and accepts those works from this injunction. Because all the works in suit were available in authorized ebook editions, the parties did not brief and the court did not decide whether the unavailability of digital library licensing would affect the fair use analysis. Accordingly, the court has narrowly tailored the injunctive relief in this case to cover only copyrighted works, like the works in suit, that are available from the publishers in electronic form. It is not clear yet how many titles the limitation might leave outside the scope of the injunction. In a statement, AAP President and CEO Maria Palante suggested, the court's ruling today will have a very minimal impact. The overwhelming majority of the tens of thousands of books that plaintiffs make available in print are also commercially available from them as authorized ebooks. The extent to which this limitation emboldens the IA to keep lending their digital scans of books that do not have ebook editions from their originating publishers is a separate question. Palante noted the plaintiffs are not precluded from enforcing under the Copyright Act the small percentage of works that may not be covered by the injunction. The AAP as an organization may be restricted on that point. However, since their side letter agreement with the IA that allows other AAP member publishers to take advantage of the injunction and withdraw their books promises not to underwrite the legal fees for a lawsuit arising out of the IA's controlled digital lending 
and the National Emergency Library from the past three years. Nothing prevents publishers themselves or any other organization from further litigating the issue if they feel it is necessary, and there could be room for the AAP on future infringement. Which at least sets up further discussion or negotiation. On that side agreement, Palante said, we are not precluded from going beyond the injunction to assist our broader membership remove books that may not be commercially available as ebooks at this time. If IA chooses to refuse, it will do so at its own risk under judicial determinations that have been clear that systematic format shifting is infringement. There's another set of circumstances subject to further advice from everyone's attorneys. For in-print titles that are not currently available in ebook editions, once the publisher makes an ebook commercially available, does that book then fall under the protection of the injunction? The expected answer is yes. As Palante commented, we respect the court's August 14th ruling as to the scope of the injunction, and we do not believe that it even remotely suggests that Internet Archive is free to usurp a publisher's future markets where ebooks do not currently exist. She added, it is common sense that copyright owners do not have to race to create an ebook or any other valuable delivery option for fear that their legally vested rights will be overtaken by an infringer who acts first. That is not how copyright law works. It is not a race to publication between those that create and finance literary works and those that appropriate them. Additionally, from the specific wording of the injunction, this limitation could bring renewed focus on those instances in which authors retained their electronic rights and elected to publish the ebook directly or through newer outlets that may, might not be AAP members. As written, it seems those ebooks would not qualify for the immediate resolution or protection mechanism of the injunction, even though the larger finding of infringement would still apply but require a method of enforcement. This is because the publishers brought suit and are the plaintiffs in the injunction, so the injunction itself only covers instances in which the publisher owns or controls the ebook rights and edition. It also leaves a question mark hang over, hanging over works for which all rights have reverted to the author, even if the author has made an ebook edition available for sale. We queried Authors Guild CEO Mary Rassenberger on some of these issues. As to how many author-controlled titles might be left uncovered by the injunction itself, she estimated the number is at least the tens of thousands. Her broader response Tuesday morning was to write, the judge's decision to limit the injunction to books currently available in electronic form is definitely disappointing as it leaves authors who have not yet made their book available as eBooks in the cold. This includes older books that may be out of print, but that the author is planning to republish as well as books that the author for any number of reasons does not want made available as eBooks. She suggests, it mostly impacts self-published books that are available in print only, not uncommon, as well as older out-of-print books where rights have reverted to the author. It buys into the notion put forward by the controlled digital lending theory that Open Library relied on, that there is no value in older out-of-print works and ignores the fact that authors often republish their out-of-print books, allowing infringers to usurp the market for eBooks before they have a chance to do so. Rassenberger underscored the importance of those older books to the actual authors who created them. Most authors are always looking for new sources of income, and their older out-of-print books often have a great deal of value to them. Although the potential market for these older books may not be big enough for the original publisher to want to invest in keeping the book, 
authors do earn hundreds or thousands of dollars from their formerly out-of-print books that they republish. That is meaningful income for most authors when the mean full-time author writing earnings are just $20,300. Making those books available for free on the open internet through Open Library or any library under the controlled digital lending theory destroys the potential markets for those books, precisely because they are so small. We wrote about this in our amicus brief in the case. But, Rassenberger noted, the decision on the merits stands, however, and it makes very clear that digitizing and posting any books on open library without permission is infringing, and we will assist authors in getting their books off of open library. In other news, Paul Murray and Alice Hoffman publish new novels this week, while new nonfiction includes work from Elizabeth Rush and David Shee. In new postings on our jobs board, Grey Wolf Press is looking for a marketing and sales associate or marketing and sales manager. <laughs>